why I chose Guelph in the biomedical engineer program to come to Canada was because I wanted to be a doctor like a year before that. And then while I was doing my applications for university, someone was like, have you ever heard of biomedical engineering? I'm like, what's that? It's like, it's like the intersection of math and biology, but engineering. I'm like, holy. So I checked it out. I loved the program. And um, one thing in my family, so my mom's, her mother, so my grandmother, she actually lost her vision due to like a surgical error. And it wasn't because like the, the surgery, like the surgeon was bad. It was because like the tool was faulty. Right. And like, I remember just visited them in like what, 2016 Christmas. I remember she was just saying like, whatever you do in life, it would be good if you could like help me see again. Right. And that always stuck with me. So like, once I heard about this biomedical engineering program is like, it was a no brainer. Right. And from there it was that passion got into Guelph and honestly, probably one of the best decisions ever I made, like, for sure. You are now listening to the Next Iteration podcast with your hosts Fuad and Damien. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Next Iteration podcast. Today's guest is Zion, uh, who works on the advanced development team at Boston Scientific. He's also the host of Metocracy, a medtech-focused podcast uh, that aims to democratize and expose youth to the ideas you know, behind some of the most innovative things in healthcare. He's also a very good-looking guy. I hope you're watching this on YouTube. If, and if you're listening on the potty, don't worry, we'll attach like a headshot. Um, but yeah, excited to chat, Zion. Uh, hear your thoughts on you know, some medtech developments and advancements and how you started your podcast mm-hmm. and just shoot the shit with the bro. So yeah, excited. Damn, guys. Thanks for having me. It's- Never thought I'd be on next iteration, but I guess, you know, this is the next <laughs> step in my career. Dreams uh, do come true. How are you guys doing, man? Damien, what? what's up, what's up, man? We're good. We're just excited to, you know, kick this episode off. And I, I always say this almost like every other episode, but this is truly a very special episode because there's a new podcast on the block. Oh, yeah. Well, like a new podcast on our block, at least. Um, so, of course, chatting with Zion. Zion, host of the Medtocracy podcast. And... The reason we wanted to do this episode is to a kind of introduce you guys to the newest next iteration family podcast, um, which is of course metocracy, but also give you guys a chance to learn more about the man and the myth behind it. So um, I think let's go ahead and yeah, let's go ahead and just start with your podcast first. And then um, if, and then, yeah, and then we'll dive into a bit more about your thoughts about um, the med tech biotech space more about what you're doing right now definitely uh, interested to hear more about what you're doing in Boston um, so let's go ahead and start with what is medtocracy's mission 100% and I just want to thank you guys for having me like this is one of my favorite podcasts and to be honest <laughs> it's gonna be weird hearing myself um, but yeah medtocracy honestly was um, a, a podcast we started back in 2020 myself and Aaliyah and what it really stemmed from was the lack of knowledge in like the, the like biomedical engineering, health tech. Like, so for me, I started in biomedical engineering. And when you get into this program, it's like, no one really tells you like what's going on. You just kind of take all these like classes. And then I have a lot of buddies in mechanical engineering, a lot of my friends in computer engineering, and they're like hardcore focused on like, I don't know, like IC circuit design or, um, a fluid and dynamic system analysis and then for us we're just studying all these different things they know what companies they want to work at my friends in comp they want to work at like uh 
Twitter or like Facebook meta, sorry. Uh, my friends in uh, mechanical want to work at like Tesla, right? But for when it comes to the biomed kids, it's like, um, what are the companies out there, right? Like what are even the startups? So the way I looked at it was there's so much information out there but there's no one giving the information to the students, right? Or to like the, the recent grads. And what we did with Meritocracy was essentially bridge that gap. So what we do in Meritocracy is we go grab these professionals um, in, all, in the healthcare industry, health tech specifically, and med tech. And when we say health tech, med tech, and biotech, they're all three different things, but we capture all that. So when we say biotech, that's more so on like the pharmaceutical drug development side of things. When we say med tech, that's your medical, your tangible medical devices, right? And then when health tech is a more digital format, and I know Damien, you're an expert there, Fuad knows a bit there as well. So yeah, and just to like sum that all up, metocracy is really an enabler for these industries, for the young minds getting into these industries. Um, for like for myself, just going back to 2020, like <laughs> no one has to remind you like what the, the world was going through then. It was even harder, right? I lost my first co-op. I didn't know what to do. Uh, I was trying to like figure out what are even the startups I could hit up and say, hey, let me do a free project for you, right? But there was none of like, it was so hard to find it. When you type in biomedical companies or healthcare companies on like, your internet on like Google, like all you get is like Johnson and Johnson, you get Abbott. You don't really get like mm -hmm. those small, smaller companies like Flatiron or like uh, Abcelera in Vancouver that made like one of the best diagnostic tools during the, the pandemic. No one knew about that besides the investors in the US, right? So our goal is to really cover those smaller companies, cover the sector and give you it in a nice digestible fashion that you could like go through it whenever you want. So I think of it as like a, sort of like an encyclopedia. We're gonna make a big library of knowledge, really easy to digest and easily accessible, all people, you know? So that, that's, that's basically it, yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, it definitely mirrors kind of our mission here a bit. Um, I mean, we talk about like life and self-improvement as more of a whole, but right. I love the focus on the, the, the med tech or let's just, I'm just gonna say health tech and just encompass yeah, all of that because sure. I don't wanna keep repeating every single uh, little subdivision there. Um, now it is incredibly nebulous. Uh, I don't know why it seems like it's so hard to get access to some of that information. Um, tech, native tech seems to be a little bit more well-connected and well-researched. I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but it's easier yeah. to access the relevant information. So it's great that you're, um, making or creating this encyclopedic show surrounding that. Now, when it comes to looking at the highest vision of this podcast, what does that look like? Like when it comes to, do you hope to be able to just allow people to find new companies? Do you want to help people find new ideas or perhaps technologies? Like in terms of a more targeted way of the way you're looking at allowing this podcast to evolve, what would that look like? Yeah, that's a really good question. When people say that, they're just like saying fillers, but that's actually a really good question. Um, <laughs> so metocracy is not just a, a, a podcast. Like my vision for it is, for it to become like a platform. So this summer, we actually want to launch a website, a metocracy website where we'll have like a job board. And within this job board, you can like put in your name, your location, your interests, and then it'll automatically generate companies in, the, in those locations, your desired locations, like that line up to your interests, right? So 
getting deeper than that, um, our vision for like metocracy in this space is to literally be sort of like a LinkedIn, but for the medical, like anyone in health tech, really. Um, and yeah, the pod is just there for like, for people, like podcasting is pretty hot right now. And the pod is there for you to really get like something to listen to, you know, quick information. Our podcasts are 25 minutes max. And like, is just quick information on various topics within the industry. So you can uh, get like different professionals and their perspectives. But as a whole, we want to like build it out as a platform that allows people to like connect to these actual companies, connect to these jobs, and hopefully get recruiters at different companies to post jobs with us, right? And I'm sure as we go along this journey, journey and pursue the platform, we'll actually have different ventures. Maybe we get into like, I don't know, like metocracy investing and there's some sort of, sort of like consulting with like early startup or uh, early startups, especially like in the Kitchener Waterloo area where we have like a lot of med tech startups coming up every day and, and crazy. Um, giving them advice and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm interested in stuff like that. So like, honestly, it's so like the, the net is so wide for, for catching all these different opportunities. But for now, we want to stick with the podcast, build out this platform and then see where things go. You know, that's a really good question. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. I love your point about the platform because we've been trying to like also pivot, you know, next iteration podcast to the next iteration platform. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to partner with you because you have the same vision for kind of what you're doing with metocracy. So my question for you is, I feel like I've learned a lot from, you know, just being on this podcast, Damon as well. And we've, been able to see ourselves change over the last three years and we're like coming up on what this is episode 74 which is fucked yeah. to me uh, i remember the first time we recorded in my trap house in downtown toronto <laughs> man um but yeah like we've evolved so much as human beings through the course of like this podcast and you've been podcasting for a bit too so i want to understand more about how you've changed along with the podcast and then how your evolution has also fueled you know metocracy to become what it is today yeah, for sure. That's a, that's also a really awesome question. Um, what I, I'll say, like how I've changed. There, so I, I've changed in two ways. So there's on a personal development uh, uh, tip. And then the other side of, of, of the coin is professionally, right? Um, so on the personal level, I just talking to all these professionals and getting like a better idea of what health tech is and just doing the podcast, like I've gained a lot more humility for sure. Um, just because once I post episodes, our audience, right? Our audience is students. And I also, I always get like a ton of messages on LinkedIn from students, um, all around the world, actually, just like wanting to know, like, how do I get internships? Like, how did I get into companies like Stryker or Boston Scientific? And like, how can they do that? Right. And it reminds me that even though I, I think I'm decent at where I'm at, like, there's still a long way to go and there's a lot more people who wish you were where you are. So just like recognize that and like be thankful for it, right? And one thing I re really like learned is that like help people, you should help people. Like if you have an opportunity to help someone, like even though your advice to them might not be what they need in that moment, there's like one little thing you might say to them that like literally changes their life, right? And you might not even know it, but like that's one thing I've, I've gained from the, on a personal development level was the, the um, humility for sure. And then in my career, just doing the, like the, the podcast definitely opened up my mind to things besides just engineering. So when I first got into uh, like my internships and doing like health tech stuff, it was also like, how can I build the best like medical device, the best implant? Like, how do I do stuff like that? Like 
talking from all to all these different professionals, I realized like there's a lot more to any product just than like the technical aspect of it, right? There's how you market the product. There's how you get the product in front of the right people. There's how your customer interacts with the product and then how you take that feedback and build better products for the future, right? It's not just like, um, what's the best material so that this product doesn't melt uh, like in like 70 degrees Celsius, right? That's how I used to think before, just like a, I guess, I want to say a true engineer, but really technical. Now, I think more so of a holistic approach. It Like doing metocracy and talking to these people at different levels in their career has allowed me to like take a step back and I like see like the bigger picture and just to, just to like, just to position this, like my last call was pretty technical. And after like doing a podcast while I was on that co-op also networking with people in the company, I realized like, you know what, I'm more than just a technical person. Like when I do group projects, I'm like, I assume that like the leadership role, um, people depend on me for, for, for advice and stuff. Maybe I should also leverage my personable skills. And that led me to a more product focused role that I'm in right now at Boston Scientific. And yeah, Mectarxy itself has changed a lot. And what we're doing now, like at the start, we wanted to like interview people like, oh, what is an R&D engineer? What's a quality engineer? Like, well, what's a software developer at like IntelliJoint doing in Kitchener? No, we don't want to do that. (laughs) We want to tell stories. So our goal right now is to tell stories. So mainly the companies we're like trying to interview right now are mainly those companies that go through uh, things like Y Combinator or different incubators. And we, we want to tell the, the story of the problem they're solving. And through that comes out, through that, you can get a person's story, like their story from rags to riches, as well as like the cool health tech problem they're solving. And that's, that's what I think we should keep doing going forward and happy to just relaunch next week. So yeah, dude, absolutely amazing. I love it. I, yeah, there's so many ways in which both the act of podcasting affects you, but then you also affect the podcast. And I love how you touched on that. It's, it's not just like a personal, you know, development yeah. level where it's, you become more spoke, well-spoken, you're able to like take those stories, but you're also yeah. changing how you look at things, changing from every single conversation you have, the perspectives you're able to, you know, kind of see. And that storytelling aspect, I think is why Damien and I chose podcasting in the first place, because yeah. there's nothing as natural as a conversation, a completely yeah. unedited. Okay. Maybe not completely unedited. <laughs> you know, we all messed up here and there and you know, all of us swear a little bit, but yeah, overall it's just having that holistic storytelling experience where it's unfiltered and it's natural and it's pure and it's just the most beautiful thing. And I'm sure you've had those conversations where afterwards you're like, dude, I was having such a shitty day. And now like, I just feel so good. I feel like every time I podcast, I'm like, yeah kind of not looking forward to them like yo i gotta prepare these questions and all that and then after i come out of the conversation i'm like that was so worth it right i feel like sometimes when i listen to podcasts that i really like too like if i'm having like a slump day like and i listen to a really good podcast a really good like beautiful conversation you feel high after that's exactly that's why we do it man yeah so speaking of storytelling you've got a pretty cool story yourself uh you left your family and friends behind Mm -hmm. to come to canada to join the tech revolution in 2018 so tell me a little bit about that story. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so this story goes back not too long, like 2022, so four years or so. So let's say this. Uh, I come from Barbados, and that's a small island in the Caribbean. Um, I'm 22 right now. And let's say when I was 17, uh, 
all my friends were like talking about this thing called university and like my parents didn't go to university right so I was like what what the hell is university bro like I'm trying to get a job after this right so that's high school like I'm trying to get a job and just like live life or be a politician or something because like in Barbados like honestly like being an engineer is probably like <laughs> not heard of um it's so it's a small island like we make all our money off like tourism you know how like that stuff goes and like it's either you become a politician a lawyer a doctor or you like sell ads in like the hotel industry or tourism industry or be, be a hotelier that's what they call it and like for me looking at what was going on like I wasn't really good at sports like I was decent in volleyball but I know I wasn't getting a scholarship um and then I was pretty good at school right uh so what I did was I told my parents yo there's this thing called university I think I want to go to it all my friends were talking about it like maybe I should think about going so what I did uh when I was let's say yeah so I was 17 about to turn 18 I applied to like five schools um so I took the SAT what did I, yeah, I feel like I got a 1420. It's, this is when it was out of 1600. I got, I got a 1420 in the English one, the math one. Yeah, same score in both of them. Uh, and I'll, I applied to one school in the U.S., well, two schools in the U.S. Uh, one was uh, Cornell and the other was NYU. I got into NYU and didn't get into Cornell. And then the other three schools were Waterloo, U of T, and Guelph. Um, so here's the other flip side of the coin. Uh, because I did the English and math uh, SATs, what I lose, like, you can't bring that and expect to get into our ENG program, right? Like, you need to show us physics. And the thing was, I didn't do physics in high school. Like, that's the crazy part about it. I did biology and chemistry and a little, and like, math, of course. But that really hindered me because then it was like oh man like waterloo doesn't want to take me because i haven't done physics so i applied to waterloo for so it's like a double degree in economics and science that's what they call it i got in applied to u of t for biotechnology straight up got in uh guelph was like oh you don't need physics you can be an engineer here so i was like oh definitely not going to guelph because that's kind of sketchy like, you don't need physics <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, you didn't take physics? You can still come here and do eng. I'm like, cool. And then NYU, I got in for biomolecular engineering. Um, and at that time, I think that was back in like late 2017, starting to become like 2018. Like NYU was my number one choice. I got in pretty good ADK scholarship a year. So it was going to be basically free. Um, my family gave me like a ton of pushback, like a huge set of pushback. Um, and that's because like of the social climate in, uh, in the United States. And mm -hmm. I guess for them, like what they see on CNN is like what's happening. Like they believe that a hundred percent. Right. So yeah. I got a lot of pushback from my family. They're like, ah, yeah, if you go to us, like it's going to be hard. Like we don't really want to support that. Uh, Canada, like we have family in Canada, like go to Canada. Right. Like that's a better choice. Mm -hmm. And after all that pushback, like what, what I'm going to say, right. They're, they're the wrench. Right. So ended up picking Guelph just because I didn't want to take a gap year. Honestly, back then, I, like, I was thinking all my friends were going to university. I had friends going to UPenn. I had friends going to Brown University, friends going to Waterloo, Georgia Tech. I'm like, geez, like, I can't take a gap year, right? I'm a loser if I take a gap year. Um, yeah. I don't think that way now, luckily. But um, why I chose Guelph in the biomedical engineer program to come to Canada was because 
like I wanted to be a doctor like a year before that. And then while I was doing my applications for university, um, someone was like, have you ever heard of biomedical engineering? I'm like, what's that? It's like, basically, you know, it's like the intersection of math and biology, but engineering. I'm like, holy. So I checked it out. <laughs> I loved the program. And um, one thing in my family, so my mom's, her mother, so my grandmother, she actually lost her vision due to like a surgical error. And it wasn't because like the, the surgeon, like the surgeon was bad. Like it was because like the tool was faulty. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember just like mm-hmm. visiting, like visiting like the family in Guyana, like my family, that part of my family's from Guyana, I visited them in like what, 2016 Christmas. I remember she was mm-hmm. just saying like, whatever you do in life, it would be good if you could like help me see again. Right. And that always stuck with me. So like, once I heard about this biomedical engineering program is like, it made, it was a no brainer. Right. And from there was that mm-hmm. passion got into Guelph and honestly, probably one of the best decisions ever I made, like for sure met a ton of great people, got here, and then tech slash med tech revolution. How I saw that was I met a guy at, uh, my friend used to work at this golf course in Barbados. I actually have, have it right now, Barbados Golf Club. But, um, <laughs> Let's go. He, he uh, met this guy who started a company in Kitchener-Waterloo doing like the medical stuff. And um, that's how I, I started to learn about like the Waterloo area and tech startups at Waterloo and stuff. And then I was like, yo, I want to be a part of that, right? I want literally want to be a part of that. And then for my first co-op, I just lucked out, like lucked out and I got like a, a, a internship at a startup doing a PPE during the pandemic. But yeah, that's that's the story there. And that, that's how I, how I got from little island of 200,000 people to big Canada. Man, that's it's crazy how your friends kind of helped you shape your future there. Cause yeah, I mean, you could have been Zion the politician otherwise, right? <laughs> that's a fact. Everyone still thinks Dude, I should. I would have voted for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I'll vote for you any day, bro. Any day. <laughs> Wait, so what kind of seat would you have been running for as a politician? Uh, I'd probably just try to run for prime minister. Man. <laughs> Let's go, go bigger, go home. Yeah, Let's go. go. So what but, happened to UFT in all of that? Because you mentioned everything else, but you didn't touch on UFT. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that's my bad. Uh, the UFT one was uh, biotechnology. Wasn't really sure what the space was. It was a new, newer program. And then it was like 52K like per semester. Mm. So it was just like it was just like crazy because I'm an international student, right? And then yeah. the golf program was like half that engineering. I was just like, you know what? This is more sort of like what I want to do. Uh, I think the biotechnology program, I don't know if they still run it, but like it was more so like wet labs and um, doing like research on plant science. I'm not really interested in plants, to be mm-hmm. honest. So. <laughs> I just wanted to annoy some UFT peeps because, you yeah. know, like, I'm UFT sure. You know, amazing like, school, what? though. Guelph over UFT? Like, what? <laughs> nah. UFT, um, Waterloo, definitely great schools, but, you know, Guelph's yeah. home team for sure. Shout out to no, dude, I did. I did the same shit. I was like, UFT Waterloo, nah, I'm going to go to Mac. It was yeah, you know, best decision of my life. No regrets at all. Dude, I, also, super interesting point you mentioned. I feel like, so I live in the U.S. now, obviously. And, yeah, dude, people in the U.S., not to, like, alienate some of our listeners in, like, you know, the U.S., but people in the U.S. are, like, so self-centered. It's like, dude, the U.S. Yeah. is the center of everything. And I love how you were like, yo, like, honestly, my parents were not down for me to come to the U.S. because of what they see yeah. in the news. It's like, yo, like, people in the U.S. are always like, dude, I can't go to travel to this country. Like, you always hear, like, people like, oh, Mexico's so dangerous. But you look yeah. at the stats and it's like, you're chilling. If you go to Baltimore, it's more dangerous. You know what I mean? And yeah. then, like, I don't know. I just That was a, a really cool perspective because in the U.S. you don't get that where it's like, yo, I'm actually kind of scared to go to the U.S. Like, it's not that safe. You know what I mean? Stuff yeah, like they, they were acting. Yeah. When I said they were scared, they were like, they didn't want me there. 
Because mm-hmm. it was yeah. NYU, right? So that's like downtown New York too. So for sure. that's definitely throwing you from like a small country into a like city life, right? The big apple. So mm-hmm. that would have been tough. But honestly, I was down for it. So I mean, <laughs> it, it weren't, right? So, I mean, we'll see how sure. the, the, the rest of your path evolves, right? Maybe you'll end up in New York sometime in the near future. Um, so I'm curious, you spend a little bit of time now, like within the space. Yeah what problem are you most interested in or is it or do you still have you know your grandma's voice lingering at the back of your head and your focus still is on that um, specifically like med tech application to vision yeah for sure so like this is a, a question i've battled with for the last year and maybe why i haven't been so like strong on the content so my first ever internship was in like clean tech and like i remember when i did that internship i always said like you know, if I knew about clean tech earlier, I'd probably be in clean tech, like really like diving into sustainable energy, just because even though like, yeah, I have like that lived experience from like my grandmother, like losing her vision for someone coming from a small country that's literally flat and like next to the ocean, like shifting to sustainable energy is a more pressing issue than, um, trying to sell like some of the like luxury medical devices that companies are making out there right um so it's definitely something i've struggled over like the last year just thinking about and um i don't see myself as just buried in like the health tech field yes it's my primary like vision like not vision but my primary thing right now but i have interests outside of like the 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 health tech field health tech field like i'm interested in clean tech as well so the problems that i'm like mostly concerned with and like i know i want to work on uh let's start in the health tech field first so for health tech i want to like work with cardiology products anything to do with a heart that's cardiology also um and then on the other side of cardiology is the electrophysiology so your heart is literally a circuit right so i want to work on the heart and like improving like stuff like uh arrhythmias and then one of the cool stuff that, that i think is really cool and burgeoning right now is like the neurotech side of things and i'm like I, i'm lucky to be working in a company that also works on neurotech and neuromodulation in boston scientific and there's a real promise like real 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 big promise for using um neuroprosthetics to actually alleviate things like mental like mental health problems like depression and using like so i i hate to use Neuralink as the example because there's way better companies in Neuralink, but using electrodes to stimulate neurons in the brain to actually like reverse some of like things like uh schizophrenia right the, those types of technologies which are still relatively really new are like they motivate me right? and that's why i think if I stay in the health tech field for the next, I don't know, five to six years, that's what I want to work on. But on the other side, in clean tech, for sure, transitioning a world to like fully sustainable using solar, um, wind have varying opinions on wind energy for sure. But uh, yeah, just just trying to like reduce carbon emissions and everything because I come from a country where probably I think they say 2100 20, 20, that that year sea levels could rise so high that like my country wouldn't exist anymore right and that's when i think about it that's kind of that's fun. yeah that's crazy I think that's crazy yo right here. I'm, so. I'm from so my parents are from bangladesh and it's the exact same shit we're like a country in the delta so it's like yeah completely rivers like flowing to the indian ocean and like 
Yo, by 2050, like 90% of the land there is not going to exist, right? Exactly. It must be like do something about that. So it's like a very pressing need. Um, yo, actually, I want to dive deep in that process. You said over the last year, it's something you've been thinking a lot, a lot. Yeah. And I saw this quote on your LinkedIn, what happens when what if becomes what is? And so I guess like what I'm trying to get at is what happens then and how are you positioning yourself to kind of like reflect on these experiences that you've had, these different motivations you have, and then actually choose something to be a part of. And then also, you know, staying like true to yourself and not like shoe boxing yourself into something. Cause I feel like a lot of people, you know, get that first role out of college, get that like, you know, first internship or whatever. And they're like, I, this is what I do. Like you get a front end internship and you're like, I'm a front end engineer. I work with react. And it's like 20 years down the line, you look back at your life and you're like, yo, wait, like, is it, is it just like the, cause the first person who took a chance on me, like gave me that job or is it because I actually wanted to do that? Right. So I'm interested in hearing that reflective process and like kind of how you've been figuring that out. Yo, that's, that's honestly a great question. And once I'm done answering it, I want to hear yours. Cause I know like you were in like biomed too, right. And you're yeah. sure, like, you worked at like U of T I want like some research, like internship thing. Now you're in tech. Right. And I definitely love to hear your reflection process. But for me, okay. like so my first internship, after the clean tech one was a mechanical engineering one right and seriously mechanical like really deep into the mechanical side of things and um while i do love building things uh like when i'm in school and i'm doing uh courses like signal processing or like um i don't know data structures like i find i like software <laughs> like building stuff in software too right and it's just like because i had a mech internship as my first should I just use every use that as a launch pad to just keep doing Mac internships? And for me, like, while I do like the mechanical side of things, I know I don't want to be there, like, for the rest of my life. Like, I don't want to be, like, designing stuff, like, figuring out tolerances, like, which gear ratio is the best for this. It, it, while it is interesting and really technical, it's, it's not like I'm, I'm a multifaceted person. Like, we're organisms we are organisms and build up of many different systems right and there's no reason why we our life which is a system we we shouldn't have to like do one specific thing in that system of life i feel like you're ever changing and what i've been doing is i do things so i try to expose myself to other things so i do uh I do the podcasting. I also do robotics. In the robotics team, I do software. I try to help on the electrical side. I also do the mechanical side. Then I sit down, like, you. It would, it sh- ideally, it should be at, at the end of every re- every week, but whenever I have time, you know, I just sit down. I was like, man, I really like that project. Then I think to myself, well, this software, this um PCB we just designed, that's really cool, but I don't think I want to do that in my career. And I just think about, oh, wow, we did this firmware development, this embedded systems development. That's pretty cool. I might want to do that, right? So it's honestly just exposing yourself to like as many things as you possibly can and then just seeing what you like to do, right? And one of my mentors, like he said, like a lot of people think that you're supposed to go out there and like find your passion, but your passion really finds you when you expose yourself to like a lot of different things. And I, I find to me, like, I don't think I've found that passion yet. I think with this new internship I have, like that's more so like not as technical, but more in a product space, dealing with people at every different stage of also like having to cater to like the business side of things. I think this is where I'm going to hit the nail on the head with it because yeah, like I know I'm not the, 
just super focused. I don't want to be just focused on that one thing for the rest of my life. And like, I definitely like to hear how you've been doing it. Cause like, I know you started out like doing, um, you were probably on the med tech journey. I, I was on, like, I'm on, right. And now you're like fully, like you did software for Tesla, well, simple. Now you're at Twitter. Right. So like, how did that change happen for you? Right. Dude, you flipped the tables on me. Holy, I wasn't expecting this today. Uh, but honestly, I really, really resonate with your answer. And a lot of it is very similar. Um, there's this one quote I shared on the podcast, I think a bit ago. Uh, you can't connect the dots unless you've got dots, right? Yeah. So it's it's yeah. like the whole like hindsight is 2020. You know, you got to expose yourself. That all like manifests itself in that quote and just like in the journey of life where it's like, yo, if you have no exposure to anything, what are the chances that your passion is going to be like the three things you've been exposed to? So you're talking about Barbados, right? Like it was your passion going to be to be a politician, to be in, you know, the hotel industry and the tourism industry, or was it to be like a doctor or lawyer? That's a very limited set of options. And like to expect that, Oh, you have to pick one of those and choose those as your passion is a very different experience from, you know, moving out, getting exposed to a ton of different shit, trying stuff out, like reflecting on it. And that whole process is extremely iterative. And that's part of why we call it the next iteration podcast, right? Yeah. Neither Damien and I feel like, or maybe he does. I don't know. I feel like I haven't arrived there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think I'll ever arrive there. And I'm super okay with that. So I think it's like an ebb and flow cycle where it's like, you know, you continuously put yourself in these situations. You go from high school to university, you go from university to, you know, um, this job, you go from this city to this city, et cetera, et cetera. And like, you're exposing yourself to a wider set and vice versa. You know, once you find something you like, feel free to narrow it down. But like you said, we're made of systems and it's not just like, oh, like you expose yourself, find it. And then it's a linear pattern there. Right. What if you get into this pond, you realize, yo, actually, I don't really fuck with this. I'm going to go back out, yeah. you know, go back to school or whatever it is, find a new job, put myself out there, meet someone new. Right. It's like there's, this process goes along with your career. It goes along with your relationships, friends and family, like significant others, like whatever it is, it's the exact same process. I'm like, it's totally OK to decide at any point. It's like, yo, like I'm wondering what else is out there. And like, I want like I. I won't be able to rest unless I do that. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's pretty much the basis of the process. And you hit it on the nail of the head. It's like, just expose yourself to as much as you can and continue to reflect that reflection piece is important. Cause otherwise you're just like going to a bigger and bigger, bigger pond. And then it's like, yo, I'm a global citizen. And like, I love everything though. You're not really doing anything then. Right. Exactly. So there is a balance to it. Right. But I think that reflection process is really important. Definitely. And I love that quote, like you can't connect the dots unless you, unless you have those dots. Right. And yeah like getting these different experiences are those dots and um mm -hmm. yeah you can't and, and just to bring it to like statistics for, for the informatics kids it's like you can't just make a, a like a conclusion off one data point right like you need to see like look at the entire data set and then you can make a small sample and from that sample make a decision so yeah definitely you need that, that 0.05 p-value right <laughs> oh yeah into that um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, just to tie a bow on that, um, yeah, I've also come to believe that passion is overrated as a North Star. It pays Gosh. way more to be an explorer than passionate in this sense. Because for most people, you know, the things that you're really passionate about, it wasn't until that you you gave yourself the space to suck at it till you can become passionate. So yes. if you just use passion as a litmus test, you're going to be defaulting on most of the things that you could potentially be passionate on. Um, so where like where, where do you go from here zion like what is where do you see yourself in the next five years oh geez that's the question ah uh, yeah that question um 
let's say the last five years ago, my answer to that question is not where I am right now, right? So honestly, in the next five years, I don't know where I'll be, but I can tell you what I'm doing today to like set myself up for where I think I want to be in the next five years, right? So that's like doing things like the podcast um, and being able to meet cool people like you and Fuad and meet people in the industry, people outside of the industry who want to think about health tech who also want to present new mental models to myself right and help and let that shape who i want to be tomorrow uh what else am i doing um working really hard hard in my job um not not trying to get some sort of work-life balance but definitely trying to kill and impress um my job right now at boston scientific seeing how i can leverage that maybe it turns into a full-time opportunity maybe it doesn't um i'm also working out hard to sell in the gym um <laughs> trying to maximize my testosterone while i'm a, a young a young buck still um yes sir <laughs> yo give me some workout advice fam my my routine's been like stagnating over the last six months you gotta once you get a routine just gotta be consistent we can talk about that do you actually want to talk about it right now yo i'm so down i'm so down. i didn't mean to interrupt you if there's other things you wanted to touch on feel I'll, free, I'll but... finish up that question first for sure yeah <laughs> um but yeah like what else am I working on right now too is honestly like robotic stuff. So in the next five years where, where I think I want to be is I want to be the product of what the work I did in the last five years from that future self resulted in. Right. And I want to be, I want to be able to look back and see like I made a dramatic increase in family and relationships, um, education and knowledge. Um, financial stability things like that right because at the end of the day like all the decisions i'm making are aligned to all my values as a person like once you make value-based decisions i find like you can honestly progress in a manner that is like like appreciates who you are as a person Mm -hmm. and just ups like ups that value of of yourself but for me to say i want to have like three kids in five years or have like this nice apartment in downtown san francisco next to fuad getting starbucks coffees every Tuesday <laughs> uh that would be hard to say and like i feel that that would be just setting up myself for like disappointment you know oh um, no, no. So, yeah i just wanted to give you a chance to just talk about your vision for yourself um because sure. obviously like we're all very young here and i feel like part of the appeal for like our podcast is that we're growing right alongside our listeners so exactly. I wanted, you know, the audience to get a chance to, to see your vision and hear more mm-hmm. about like where Zion sees himself. And I just um, want to add there, like for me in terms of my career, for like any of my colleagues listening to this, it's like going forward, just like five years from now, I want to be working on like a very relevant problem to like society of the next five years. So like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be working on like, um, I don't know, Windows 98 in five years from now. I want to be working on like quantum computing right and not to say i actually want to work in quantum computing but that's like the analogy i want to give like i actually want to work in relevant work because that's what relevant to to humanity that's what makes me like tick right that makes me tick so that's 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 how i want to wrap that question but yeah good question thank you so personal training session let's go yo personal training your cost like 100 bucks an hour so i'm getting this shit for free right now Uh, (laughs) yo describe to me like your approach like fitness just like your philosophy in general i feel like it's it's something 
Honestly, we should do an episode on it, Damien, because I feel like uh, enough people are thinking about this, but you, you were talking about this, like work-life balance, like you're working hard, you're trying to impress, you got this podcast going on, you got robotics going on, yeah. Uh, but you're also trying to maximize that testosterone. Whatever. What's that quote? It's like, uh, it's a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the strength and beauty of which yeah, his body is capable. Know, yeah, I know where you're saying. I, I so literally just yeah. down on TikTok too, so like. <laughs> yeah, yo, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, honestly. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, describe to me kind of like your approach to fitness and your philosophy towards it and like how that enables you to be like kind of who you are, like as a holistic piece of science. Sure. Uh, so like in high school, I was like uh, a volleyball athlete. So I guess my philosophy and approach to fitness really stems from being a high school varsity athlete rather than just doing fitness for the sake of like looking like a tank, right. Or being a unit. Um, yeah, I want to be a unit for sure. Yes. I want to lift like bench two plates. Yes. I want to squat 450. Um, but my approach first and foremost is just being able to be healthy. So, and have a healthy relationship with the work I'm doing in the gym. So right now, like for instance, um, I try to go consistently, right? I try to go uh, four to five times a week. I'm not trying to go in there every day, like doing like the 75 hard challenge, doing two workouts a day and just to say I did it, right? Or I'm not doing crazy um, workouts like Tim Ferriss or uh, David Goggins, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing workouts that allow me to reach the goals that I want to have for myself, which is to definitely see like where I can push my body on like a strength level as well as an aesthetic level for sure. But also from a cardiovascular aspect, like I like hiking, like hiking is one of my favorite things to do in the summer. And um, mm -hmm. if you're just lifting weights 24 seven, you, 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 like, those, those hikes are going to be brutal, man. Like you, you definitely have to be able to breathe and um, let your body like be able to work through hard stuff. Um, so right now, like mm -hmm. I'm definitely on the, the same, the, the regular push pull, leg split as as most people are but i do a lot of cardio like i'm biking like i bike to work i bike back home then when i'm in the gym i try to run at least um 10 kilometers on the on the treadmill just keep the cardio high um and then when it comes to like my what i'll say is my general philosophy is <laughs> this is i guess i still have this old philosophy from from my my coach which is like train insane or remain the same and i guess that can be That's unhealthy hard. in the the context of today but like yeah i just want to train hard push my body as hard as i can but training is just not working out right this the other part of training that what what separates like a lot of athletes or bodybuilders is what they do outside of the gym right and that's where most people fall short i even fall short too because like, my girl loves milkshakes right <laughs> and milkshakes and gaining like an extra two pounds and like pounds in like four weeks so nutrition that's one thing you have to lock in right and we live in this world where everything's processed like all our foods processed like the rice is processed oatmeal is processed like everything's processed right and i actually just took a really interesting nutrition course uh at my school and learned a lot of the benefits of whole foods and i didn't take that course because it was like a bird course or whatever i actually genuinely wanted to like understand the importance of putting like right nutrients and right like macronutrients and micronutrients into your body right so like when you get on tiktok when you get on youtube and you look at mm -hmm. training people are going to tell you drink this protein 
this po- this protein powder like gri- grizzly or I don't know gold standard to maximize your protein, right? But when I when I talk to my nutrition prof, like I go to talk to her after every lecture, there she's a, a big advocate for not taking whey supplements or any type of protein supplements, but getting all that protein from food from from the actual whole foods like steak or uh, chicken. And the reason there is because those the meat the actual meat products come with all the micronutrients that you need so you don't have to supplement with like an athletic greens in the morning no knock to you guys or any of the listeners if you guys like athletic greens um yeah, yeah. it's pretty expensive but it especially is, in Canada, that's a future sponsor you got to be careful <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. so, yeah no 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 we love athletic greens over here for sure but um, <laughs> the idea though is to get get a, a more natural and sustainable way of like nourishing your body and that's why i look at food now i know everyone has a different relationship with food but it's kind of crazy how we look at like a cookie and a tea and bread as food in the morning but when i took this nutrition course she sort of like reframed my mind to think about the more nutritious or nourishing foods like eggs like having like uh, a boiled egg versus um a cookie and a breakfast or a nice like blueberry muffin from Starbucks. Those are gas too. But <laughs> it's like, yeah, just that philosophy too is like, so my philosophy there to sum that up, because I know I was kind of all over the place. It's like, yes, train is sane or remain the same. But on the flip side is, you know, like that Pareto rule, 80, 80, 20, 80% of what you're going to maximize from the gym is also, it has to come from getting the right sleep which is hard and also mm-hmm. eating the right foods which can be hard like there's so much good food around us that's not good for us right but mm-hmm. definitely Bro, <laughs> i eat like three eggs every morning i don't know if i'm gonna live forever or just die early because <laughs> I, I can't tell like i tried looking it up and some articles say it's bad for you some articles say it's good for you and yeah the whole cholesterol thing is bullshit i don't know we'll see like i guess i'm a living experiment yeah um, and that's the thing i learned too like then like the science on nutrition is ever changing and that could be a whole episode in of itself where you guys have like Mm -hmm. someone to talk about that specifically. Mm -hmm. There's so much conflicting evidence for sure. But one thing that I learned from that course is how to spot the bullshit on the internet for sure. Mm -hmm. That's, that's something that, that helps you. Real quick. We, we, we are cutting in a, in a few minutes, but how do you spot that bullshit? Yeah, for sure. Give us a TLDR. Like when, how do you know, when you look at a TikTok, you're like, yo, this guy does not know what he's talking about. Yeah, for sure. So 100% is going to be credentials, um, even though like I know that's pretty not life-changing or like new new stuff, but credentials, like who's telling you this information and how I approach it is what is this person's intention? Like, why is he promoting this supplement? Is it because just because they're giving him like, I don't know, ad money or something like that? Mm-hmm. Or does this person actually believe in the product? Do they use it themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, when I go to websites specifically, um, look to see if the information they're saying is backed by any scholarly scholarly references, right? And are those journal articles peer reviewed, things like that. Um, even though it seems like an extra step, it's actually worth it because you can actually go in those articles and read a bit deeper to see the nuances. Like the information a journalist reports from an article might not be the best interpretation of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you guys are both science like scientifically minded so the way when you read it you might see stuff they missed so 
that's my approach to it um on tiktok definitely a lot of disinformation on tiktok when it comes to the fitness industry but um there's this guy called t t nutrition fitness or something he's really good and then there's this other like doctor guy who like he literally looks at every trend on tiktok related to fitness and health and finds articles to either prove it or disprove it and like mm-hmm. people like that which i think they're agents of truth the those are the good people to follow and listen to it mm-hmm. but definitely like articles where it says like eat two bananas in the morning before breakfast you'll lose 20 pounds or fasted cardio is the best way to like lose weight like those things are pretty much bs man and like you can go see it for yourself yeah if it sounds too good to be true it probably is (laughs) facts bro (laughs) um do you do uh, this is my last question before we jump to the last one do you do any zone two training because you say you do a lot of um cardio are you a fan of andrew huberman you know yeah you already know yes sir yes sir yeah um that is something that i've done it but not intentionally um just from like bike riding and stuff like riding bikes and stuff like that but it's something i'm because i'm in the process of creating a new workout plan and it's something i want to do like 180 two sessions of 180 minutes per week i think that's what he recommends um mm-hmm. but i'm also still doing my research on it and just seeing if it's something that one is realistic for me and like what mm-hmm. i'm trying to do in a gym um because i'm not someone who likes to spend two hours in a gym right i mean they're 90 minutes max and mm-hmm. back to life so yeah um it's definitely something that I've heard of. I've looked into not all the way a lot, but it's something I'm interested in definitely doing. Do you guys do it or? I, again, probably like you, like unintentionally, like we want to go for a walk or something, but I mean, seeing how like majority of pro athletes do do that, yep. there's probably um, a lot of credibility there, especially when people like um, Huberman or Atiyah are saying it as well. For sure. And yeah, he, he's definitely, a, he is a scientist, so yeah he is a true definition of a scientist so absolutely trust andy for sure andy yeah, <laughs> i thought you want to do the honors dude yes i gotta get this agent of truth to share what this is his one big truth so you've listened to the podcast before so you know what's coming yeah i do if you can put any one message on a billboard that reach millions even billions of people and hopefully that message is true mm-hmm. what message you put on that billboard and why oh man i remember the last time we spoke I did have an answer for this. This was like off the record, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. I, I, I think I've, I've since like this past year, I've been able to like sort of change that answer. If mm-hmm. I could put anything on a billboard, <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but I'll just be serious. Um, it would be, it's not the shoes you wear, it's the steps you take, right? Mm. So, and, and, and that's why I really believe like, even though you, 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 some people grow up in like an impoverished neighborhood, some people come from wealthy families, some people come from like the urban cities, like a single mother, uh, four, four brothers, three, sis, three sisters, not much to do, no chance of surviving their life on paper, but we're all going to get dished-ish, right, in this life. And um, I'm pretty sure if you myself damien for what if we put all our problems in a pile we'd probably pick our own problems back up and let each other keep their problems so mm-hmm. what i think is it's not what happens to you it's how you react to what happens to you and how you deal with it and i think the vet the best way that that it sums up is into that quote i really love that quote it's like it's not the shoes you're wearing 
but it's the steps you're taking that's ultimately going to decide how you bounce back or thrive in any situation. And yeah, I'll keep it short and brief and let the interwebs have it. Love that. I mean, it's a great analogy too, because, you know, it's, it's easy to take those steps if you're an ultra boost, right? The people who are just naturally coming with more capital, it's just easier for them to take those steps, but it doesn't discount the ability of you. You might, it might be a little more painful, um, but you know, you can get to the exact same spot. So eventually you get those calluses, bro. And then you're good. That's exactly right. And then you can walk anywhere. You said, um, Zion, thanks so much for joining us. Um, thank you for showing us a bit more of like the man behind the myth. Um, and I'm so excited. I fought and I tremendously excited to kick off this partnership with you and Metocracy. And I hope that for those in our audience who do have interest within this space, um, that they too can find a, a ton of value from your podcast and from the eventual platform that you develop. So with the final, I don't know, 15 or so seconds, is there anything else you want to shout out or where can people reach you? We'll of course have your pod in the description. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to thank you guys for having me. This is great. I know this partnership is going to be sick. And you guys can reach me on LinkedIn at my name, Zion Maynard. I think these guys will link it in the show notes. And Medtocracy on every platform. Um, TikTok coming soon. Just search my name on TikTok. It's coming soon. It's a work in progress. But you're definitely trying. We're not going to be dancing on there, but it's going to be some good likes. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, I better see some of those mid debunking episodes and shit. That's yeah. all I want to see. <laughs> yeah, I might have to. Sweet. This all right, guys. Till next time, stay well and pure Cheers. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. Thank you for listening. Think you got it? Nah, we're on the next iteration.